0: Hello, and welcome to the Lucy Lou Show, the fueling station for your mind, business, and life. And now, here's your host, Lucy Liu.
1: Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to episode 117. Ah, the holiday is coming fast around the corner, and- so many family gatherings land. I thought it was very timely to talk about today's subject, emotional eating. It's not the diet plan or spending hours in the gym that helps you lose weight and keep it off. It's all the baggage we pack with us along the way, emotional baggage that sabotages us emotionally by eating and feasting. My guest today is Renee Jones. She has a master degree in marriage, family counseling, and helps others finally lose their weight and keep it off like how she did after 40 years of yo-yo dieting. She is an Amazon bestseller with her book, What's Really Eating You? Overcome the Triggers of Comfort Eating, and she inspires with her TEDx talk, Lose Weight and Keep It Off. So This episode is for you if you are experiencing any type of emotional eating and are ready to eat healthier for the holidays ahead. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the show, Renee. Thank you for having me. What exactly is emotional
0: eating? Emotional eating is eating for any reason other than hunger. So it can be because you're sad or you're frustrated or you're stressed or you're bored. It can even be because you're happy. Because we do a lot of feasting when we're happy or celebrating, right? Ew, definitely true. And how do we manage it right? Well, it helps if you can figure out what's driving the behavior. Because... Very often, there's something behind it. You know, you're bored. You just want to soothe yourself. And we learn to soothe ourselves from birth by putting something in our mouths. When your daughter was born and she cried, what did you do? Mm. You put something in their mouths, either the bottle or the breast or a pacifier. And then as we grow up, sometimes children go to their thumbs or nails. And then we go to things like pizza and donuts. So, Why is it that diets fail? Because we stop doing them. We don't learn anything from them. I don't know about you, but I mean, I spent 40 years on the diet yo yo. Obviously, I didn't learn very fast. But as soon as my mother and I would stop a diet, all restraint went out the window and we ate whatever we wanted, which is usually what we were eating before, which got us the same result. So if we learn from what works for us on a diet, then it's more likely that we can maintain that weight loss. So
1: before I started my personal development, I actually used emotional eat as well. And I was one of those that you talked about that I feasted when I was happy and I didn't realize that was a type of emotional eating. You know, I thought emotional eating was just for people who were sad and was stressed and to relieve and comfort that. It's interesting to hear that feasting is also a type of emotional eating.
0: Well, think about it. If you're feasting, are you eating more than your body really needs? And usually, yeah, we we just, we see all the good things. There's so many good foods around that we just take all of them. And that's, that's fine once in a while, But we tend to do it for anything, Uh, even a weekend with your uh, significant other. We'll go to a restaurant and restaurant portions are a lot bigger than they used to be. And that's a kind of feasting that may be okay. But the more you do that, more consistently you do that, the more likely you are to gain weight. Absolutely. And we have holidays coming around the
1: corner, right?
0: Yes.
1: How do you... (laughs) How do you best manage holiday or family feasting?
0: Well, I come from a long line of great feasters. And if you could get up from the table and still walk, you were not doing it. So I'm very familiar with this. But the thing is, now I'll go, I'll do kind of a reconnaissance round of the table. And I'll look and think, okay, what foods do I need for this to be the holiday to me? And I'll eat things that I don't normally eat throughout the year, but I'll, I may take a smaller portion than I used to, or I'll, I'll just taste some things because, you know, after about three bites, you don't taste things anymore anyway. So you're just continuing to eat, but you're not really tasting it anymore. And, if we remember that it is a holiday rather than the hollow six weeks, it will help us because it seems like, you know, once we get past Halloween, people begin to think, oh, we're Thanksgiving's just around the corner. And then there's Hanukkah and Christmas and Kwanzaa and all the rest of them. And we just keep eating. And it's that consistent overeating that gets us in trouble.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And especially when you're not alone, right? It's
0: easier to eat
1: less when you're alone. But when there's food all over the house, and you have partners and family around, it's very difficult. And for me, it's very true, because I don't snack, but hmm. my husband and daughter snacks all the time. It's very, very tempting when my house is filled with
0: snacks. How do you navigate a snack filled
1: household?
0: Well, I try to make certain that there are things that are on my best list. One of the things that I tell people is when you, you know, you can't just not have extra food in your house when you have other people around. So I always put stuff from my husband in an opaque container on a shelf above my eye level so that when I open the door to the pantry or the cupboard, the things that are best for me are right at eye level where I can see them. Some people will have like a separate cupboard that's only theirs so that and other people can go in there, but they don't go to the places where all the, the foods that they don't want to eat are. So it's just a matter of managing and making sure there are foods that are okay for you, that you want to eat. And, you know, sometimes there's stuff around. It's hard to look at it. And maybe you take one or two things rather than a plateful.
1: Yes, I like that above eye level tip. Mm -hmm. But over the years, I've learned that it's hard not to snack with them. So I always make sure I have more healthy snacks like nuts and cranberries and, you know, all the good stuff for me Mm
0: -hmm. while they're eating chips, right? And you know, the the whole idea of the cranberries is great because that's a good color pop, isn't it? So you can see that you, I mean, we feast with our eyes first. So make sure your special snacks are pretty just like theirs are. And if you put them in containers, make sure they're clear so you can see them. Mm,
1: I like it. So you mentioned earlier that you were on a diet for 40 years. So what made the difference for
0: you that eventually you came through with that? Well, I was staring down the calendar at my 50th birthday and I thought, this is my last chance. If I don't lose it now, I'm going to be doomed forever because you know so many changes happen for women in their 50th year and shortly thereafter. So I thought, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do it this year. And I started out on New Year's Day with my diet and I lasted for about 10 days. And I thought, no, no, I'm not ready to give up yet. So I started again in mid-January. Unfortunately, I had to start again the 1st of February and the 1st of March. And in mid-April, I went into my closet to get dressed and I could not put on any of my clothes. They were all too tight. And I thought, this has got to stop. I mean, I was devastated. I hadn't been in a bigger size in years. So I thought, okay this is it. You've got to make the change. And I recognized that so much of what drove me to food were just emotional baggage. So I started working through that. I figured out what nutrition plan actually worked well for my body and everybody's different. So you have to find the one that actually works for you. And then if we deal with our emotional baggage, then it doesn't drive us. And what I often say is when we face our stuff, then we no longer have to stuff our faces. And then I started reconnecting with the best of who I was, and that helped me make better choices. So I actually reached my goal weight the week before my 50th birthday, and I have been nine years at my goal weight. Wow.
1: You mentioned you started this on a new year. Do you recommend people to start an, on a new year as a resolution or you can start anytime?
0: Oh, you can start anytime. And you know resolutions aren't hard if you resolve the issue that is driving the behavior that you're trying to get away from. But most people just say, oh, I'd like to do this, but they don't put any real thought or effort into it they, they'll, they, it's a want to have, not I've got to do this this year. And it can be helpful because everybody's kind of got the idea out there that they're going to. um, But just like my mother and me, when I was living at home, we could easily get each other off course. So I think it depends on you. If the new year is a good time to start, use it. If mid-March is a good time to start, use that. Pick the time when you are mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically ready to make a significant change. Because if you don't make that significant change, then the behavior is not going to follow.
1: Yes, but for me, I'm a bit advocate for starting today because if we're waiting, it's often just an excuse to mm. avoid what needs to be changed. And I think the biggest difference between making it happen is turning our wishes into desires. Mm. Very often, we just have this wish, or we have a hundred wishes. But really is when it comes, like you mentioned earlier, from within, when you truly, truly want something, we need to turn that wish into a desire because only when it's desirable and it comes from within, are we going to put in
0: the work to make it happen, right? Yeah, gotta want it. You've got (laughs) to want it. For whatever reason, you've got to truly want it. You can't just wish it.
1: So for you, what would you say was the real secret for losing weight and
0: maintaining it for so many years? It was overcoming that emotional eating because that's a great form of self-sabotage. Awesome. So what do you do now for stress relief? Um, I do a lot of uh, walking the dog or sitting quietly because here's the thing. A lot of emotions will pass through. In about 90 seconds, if we just let them do what they need to do, it's when we trap them and think we've got to hold on to them, ruminate on them that they get the better of us. So sometimes I just let myself feel that feeling and let it go. Or I'll take a little walk, you know, go get a, a cup of tea, something that distracts me from whatever it is that has come up. And if it's something significant, then I will call a friend and say, hey, we need to talk about this and we'll work our way through it. Because, you know, sometimes you just need somebody to hear you. Yes.
1: What I have my clients do usually is to have a list of joy, like a joy list that they can refer to when they need that boost. Something you can do for even a short five minutes, right? So that you can have something
0: to refer to when you need that comfort or relief. Yeah, remind you of all the blessings. Do those um gratitude practices. It's always a good idea. Absolutely. Is there a favorite quote that you go by? Yes. Um it's from St. Catherine of Siena and it's be who God meant you to be and you will set the world on fire. Ooh, I like that. Can you say Isn't that, that again? No <laughs> no, of course we can insert universe whatever, you know, but <laughs> her exact words were Be who God meant you to be, and you will set the world on fire.
1: Yes,
0: yes, I love it. Tell us more about what you do and where to find you. Yes, I am a coach, and I help people overcome emotional eating and any other baggage they're tired of dragging with them through their lives. And you can find me at PoundBag.com and Instagram, Facebook, just pack your own bag.
1: Pack your own bag. Thank you for being with us, Renee. Thank you for having me. To all the beautiful souls listening, thank you for joining me on this episode of The Lucy Liu Show. When I'm not podcasting, I am coaching high-achieving women in life transitions, getting unstuck,